Sounds suspicious. <laughs> Good evening. Good evening, everyone. So, like, I really don't know who the three followers are. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Please get help. Yes. Yes. You need to seek counseling. <laughs> you need to talk to somebody. Probably get on medication. Yeah. Did you hear Betty White was turning 99? She did turn 99. She did. Oh, Betty. That's really loud in the thing. Is it? Yeah. I'm sorry. We are slicing up some, uh, nipping some cigars. We're going to hot box this room that we are in. Kind of like Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly? What about Bill O'Reilly? Didn't he smoke cigars on, on the air or something? I don't know, man. Oh no, that wasn't Bill O'Reilly. That was the, the fat one. That was on the. Uh, what was he on? He was on those pills. Half Hollywood. That was really well too. Oh, what was his name? Pat O'Brien? No. Jimmy Kimmel? No. That sounds really cool. He's lighting up his cigar now. He's inhaling into his mouth. He's taking it in. He's lighting his cigar. He's looking at it. He's passing me the lighter. Hell yeah. It's your time to talk while I light up. Hey, that does sound pretty cool. Yeah, doesn't it? So Betty White is 99 years old. Yeah, my grandma still has a grudge against her. Yeah. It's gonna take more than 99 years to get off that list. Yeah. Apparently back in the day, grand grandmammy had a boyfriend that was uh, that was sweet on Betty White. And grandmammy. Never forgave her. Hey, I've seen some pictures of Betty White back in the day. I can't blame him. Yeah, he was a... I mean, not he. She... She was a pistol. Then again, Grandma Eva wasn't, probably wasn't bad looking either. I think, think about that for a minute. I think I have a picture of her. I mean, I'd show it to you. It'd be a little weird. <laughs> Grandma's probably not listening. She's probably not one of the three followers. <laughs> I can make her not be. Go Donald Trump. Oh, you've unlost her. 
<laughs> My grandmother hates Donald Trump. <laughs> Just getting these cigars going. I, I can see where that'd be a little annoying. So for our listeners and our three followers, thank you all very much, all three of you. Do we have a way for them to contact us? Uh, no, but I'll figure it out. There you go. Make an email. No, You're the techie. I'll make an email real quick. See, while we're doing this, I'll make an email. Yeah, because I, I feel like we should... Give people an opportunity to contact us. Tell us what they want to hear about, maybe. Help us find some direction. Because as of right now, we have no direction. Mm, we tried. We're still trying to get our feet under us. Trying to grab our bearings. And figure out who, who we are, where we're going, who we're going to be. So, how you like the gun room these days? It's a kind of different. <laughs> so how's your views on the inauguration that just happened? About the inauguration itself? Well, we can go chronologically. What about the riot? All oh, those patriots that, that <laughs> tried to get back our capital? Yeah. From the oligarchy? You know, I just wish they would have had a better firepower. What? Firepower. <laughs> no. I wish they'd have had a better reason. Yeah, yeah. Not doing it for the person, but doing it because you're fed up with the way that the, the ruling class has positioned themselves in our lives. Yeah, I can. If it was like about something, not about just one person. Did you see where he's starting a new, uh, a new uh, political party? Is he really? Yeah, the Freedom Party. The Freedom Party. Yeah, that's, I don't know how many people were going to join it, but I'd say these people join the Libertarian Party. Yes, the, I mean the Libertarian Party is the original Freedom Party. It is. I don't. See, they're not going to be taken serious with Trump. That's the problem. Yeah, nobody's going to take him serious. Just like, I mean, the now the Tea Party, and I, you know, forgive me because I don't know all the details on how things went down with the Tea Party, but I know originally I did like the idea of the Tea Party. But I know later on they became classed as racist and all this other good stuff. Were they? Did they come out as racist or is it? Because I don't ever remember anything. Well, no, they were just classified as that by the general public. And now I don't know. Like I said, I really shouldn't speak on the matter. I don't know if the uh, maybe the other two parties found a way to go after them. Tried to delegitimize their ideology. Which, knowing the other two parties, they probably did like they've done. I just used the whole five dollars worth of words, though. If you weren't, you know, if you were paying attention, I said delegitimize. 
and ideology, both. I was listening. Two points for me. I don't know if any of y'all know, but he's a Scrabble master. Are you master Scrabbler yet? I've never played Scrabble in my life. No. Wait, no, I take that back. I think I did once. But I was young. It was more fun to spell fart than anything else. Never, don't even know the rules or how it works. I'm over here trying to set us up an email account. Well, look at you. Big tech. sure people who are listening to me typing can probably figure out what my password is now. <laughs> There's probably someone out there that can. I don't know exactly what it is. Yeah. Now I have to do it again. Maybe we should take care of that kind of business after the podcast. Well, I'm almost done. Oh, okay. I mean, if they hack into a podcast about that only has three followers and they need to figure out something, something better about their lives. Well, I was mostly getting at the idea that maybe we should be concentrating on the podcast. Well, I am concentrating on podcast. Yeah. You and your screens, I swear. There's only four of them here, okay? I can put on... And we're back. <laughs> Little technical difficulties there. <coughs> Somebody forgot to uh, take off the smoke detector. Yeah. Didn't even think about that until it went off. With the smoke detector? Yeah. So you're still messing with screens. Well, I'm not messing with screens. Look, see, your phone's going off. My phone's not going off. Oh, look, it's my beautiful wife, Brittany. What does she have to say? She wants us to quit smoking cigars. She says she can smell it in the bedroom. It's really loud. Again. Nah, I'm gonna fix it right quick. Okay, listeners. We're having Muncho Technicon <laughs> difficulties. We're having a lot of technical difficulties in English. See, we probably should have set all this up beforehand, got ready, and then. Well, we can always. Start back over. No, might as well just keep going for what we got. Not that far into it. So about that Trump exit he took during the uh, right before the inauguration. Well, <laughs> I do kind of like the fact that he left like before. It. <coughs> Walked away like a player, like a like a 
boss. I hear your wife. I know. I hear that woman in my sleep. Which is a good thing. It's the voice of an angel. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. Let me know she listens. <laughs> She's a beautiful lady. There's a whole lot of things we need to watch for now. Like not using my ex-wife's name, apparently. They get in a heated debate between you two? Nah. We don't have heated debates. We have a good relationship. We get mad, then we get over it really quick. We don't ever go to bed mad at each other. Really, we're a model relationship. Well, that's good. I'm about to close that computer on you. Well, then it would lose the recording. And I've just got done. So you can come back to us. You might be wrong. Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> so let me bring up my notes. Where were we at? We're at the inauguration. The inauguration. Or See, I watched a uh, video. I think it was live at the time that I was watching it. I wasn't really keeping up with a lot of it. I just kind of came across it on Facebook. And he was getting on a plane in D.C. and he stopped and gave a little speech. I can't even remember now what he said during the speech, but he and his wife both spoke and then they went and got on the plane. But as he was walking off, I'm pretty sure it was the music that the, the news agency was playing, not what they were playing. I could only hope they were playing it on the tarmac. But he walked away to... YMCA playing. The YMCA? Yeah. yeah. The village people. Hmm. I'm guessing, I'm hoping it was the news agency. I hope that wasn't his grand exit was to walk away during the YMCA. See, I sleep during that time, so I didn't get to watch any of it. Uh, I woke up to a new president. I woke up to our uh, capital being taken over. Yeah, well, I was working during most of it, and just at the end of the day, I would maybe check in on my phone or whatever, just see what's going on. I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> see, see where the score's at? <laughs> yeah. The capital's been attacked, and uh... see, I've got some issues with this capital being attacked thing. Is it fair to say it was attacked? Yeah, I'd say so. That's a good way of saying it. It wasn't just a. I mean, I can settle on riot, I, I can call that a riot. I mean, um, that wasn't a peaceful protest, and, and the idea of standing on a picket line with signs, that wasn't... Yeah, but a, a, a riot and an attack are kind of the thing, but they're different. I don't... Now, a riot, well, I don't know, that's an attack, they're forcefully made entry into the building, like they attacked it. I don't know. My big dog friend, uh, Mr. Mr. Jesse... Him and I talked about it, and because I don't, I don't necessarily agree with the idea of it being a terrorist attack. And there's a lot of people I saw saying terrorist, terrorist, terrorist over and over again. Now, I mean, the idea behind terrorism is to violently promote your point of view and strike fear. Yeah, in, in your political. It's about politics. It's about yeah. things like that. So, I mean, it kind of fits, but I just don't view those people as terrorists. I don't feel like they were trying to... Well, I mean, 
they're obviously trying to advance their political ideology, but I don't, it just doesn't have the same what feel. About, the, the conspiracy theory that Antifa went in there and started it, and it just got group group mentality, and and that's how they got the Trump protesters to go over there with the group mentality. That I don't know. I'm I'm sure that there were probably some troublemakers in that group, whether it was Antifa, which they claim is not an actual group but an idea. But we all know they're a group. Like, But I wouldn't be surprised to find out. I'm, I'm one of those. I, I kind of demand some evidence on that one. And it's got to be more than pictures on Facebook. But uh, I could definitely see somebody going in there just to kind of rile things up but I think it's safe to say that the majority of those people were Trump supporters and things got out of hand well like those other riots that happen they sh- you show people like breaking windows and everybody else starts to break windows oh no doubt it was a mob mentality yeah. no doubt right. but as to who started it see, normally would those people do that probably not yeah, I mean, but you get a group of like-minded individuals together, and then a new country is born. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of something that would make me do that too. You know, it's kind of like peer pressure. Yeah. You know, kind of a. I would say like you walked up, said, "Hey, let's set this dumpster on fire," but chances were I was already working on it. Uh, and that's exactly what that was. That was a that was a dumpster fire. But, uh, what about those, uh, don't tread on me flags out there? Oh, that right there just cracked me up. How are you going to hold a don't tread on me flag? How are you going to have your picture on Facebook saying don't tread on me? And we the people tattoo and your 3% bullshit. And What's your 3% thing? Huh? What's the 3% thing? The 3%, the, the, there's a group, the three percenters. You should know these. Well, our listeners, our three followers might not. <laughs> They're at three percent, but uh, you know, the three percent is the estimation of how many of the uh, colonists actually uh, took part in the Revolutionary War, and it's a group called Three Percent, and they try to symbolize that they are the three percent that would stand up, whatever. But uh, you know, whenever you're running around with these tattoos and whatnot and you're this this signage and this symbolism like the Gadsden flag which is the don't tread on me flag uh with the Gonzalez flag and the Gonzalez come come and take it flag uh these same people were also uh encouraging the idea that Donald Trump would uh, implement martial law so he could remain president. Uh, therefore, th- treading on others. Therefore, treading on you. And at that point, he's I mean, more or less a dictator. At that point, you he, know, he claims martial law. I mean, that's martial law over you. Yeah, you're that. That includes you. Yeah. Yeah, that was just a that was just a funny uh, little bit of irony that I saw during that whole thing plus you know 
all the middle-aged, overweight dudes running around wearing tactical gear. <laughs> charging yeah, that's always playing this thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna climb this fence, but I gotta take a break for it first. And I, you know, I'm not, and I'm not dogging on them. Don't get me wrong. You know, my my asthma got pump my inhaler. <laughs> I'm not dogging them because, you know, if I decided to get my dander up and go attack a building, that fence would be a deterrent. I mean, I'm just gonna unless I've got something to drive through it. <laughs> whoa, whoa, guys, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Have you seen the fence? <laughs> That thing is huge. <laughs> uh, let's get them. Ah, oh, hell. They built the fence. <laughs> Chain link? <laughs> no. I guess Donald Trump was right about that wall. <laughs> <laughs> I've been accused of not having a lot of ambition. Got a lot of quitting me. I think smoking these cigars in here is a bad idea. There's no ventilation. Yeah, I, I'm realizing that myself. <laughs> There's a lot of smoke in here. Probably should have opened up that window over yonder. Probably should have. Might do that in a moment. Oh, that fan would probably mess with the audio. Yeah, that thing makes some noise. I mean, I'm not going to be here much longer. Mm -hmm. I'm down to my last three or four days. Four days. He's about to go to Washington, D.C. too. <laughs> four days to move out. He has to deliver some uh, fertilizer. I don't start all that shit. This, uh... He would have done it earlier, but there was a fence at the fertilizer plant. <laughs> oh, shucks. <laughs> Gotta go back to the drawing board. <laughs> Walmart doesn't have a fence. Yeah, but my problem at Walmart is all the spots close to the store are taken, so I just leave there, too. Driving <laughs> why can't I get in? <laughs> Boy, it's going to be fun moving all this crap out of here. I'm glad I'm going to be working that day. Yeah. You know who I'd like to see him be president? Tulsi Gabbard. I like Tulsi Gabbard. Now, her and I don't agree on everything. I mean, what politician do you agree on, with on everything? None of them. Okay. I don't agree with, you know, obviously I'm a pro-gun type of guy, I think. Tulsi is pro-gun. Well, I think. I, I don't know if it, I think she was. Uh, but there was a, uh, I did hear her on a podcast where she did call an AR-15 a weapon of war, which does lose you some points with me right there. An AR-15 is not a weapon of war. You take an AR-15 to war, you're going to lose. That's uh, how fast your trigger finger is. True, but, you know, but she called it a weapon of war, and she said it has no place in our streets, and she wanted to take AR-15s. You know, that there I have trouble with. An AR-15 ain't that bad of a firearm. That's just like any other rifle. It's not that dangerous. You can get a Ruger 1022. Yeah. Same same thing. Hell, you you could probably fire a Glock every bit as fast as you can in AR. I'd be curious to see, though, if you could, now that I think about that. I've never actually thought about that before. I don't really worry. I don't really 
pay attention to rate of fire because I'm not a spraying prey. Yeah, I'm, I've never had enough ammo to care about rate of fire. Uh, yeah, I don't make enough money for that. My training was always, you know, use the bullets you have wisely. Shot placement. Yeah. Uh, don't use more than what you need. That's in the video game. You don't reload. <laughs> or don't find a reload yeah. spot. So, uh... You don't get air packages dropped from the sky? No, no. Why am I? Never happened to me. And then again, I've also never been in a situation where I needed 500 rounds of ammunition. But, just so you know, when we were working together in that one unnamed city, I could have gone a while. I think I had four or five hundred rounds for that AR in my in my trunk. I see what I when we were working there I had a, a black undershirt that had Taco Bell on it, so shit hit the fan, I just take off my shirt and I'm working at Taco Bell. <laughs> Nobody's gonna shoot the guy from Taco Bell. Mm -mm. Well the next morning you'll want to. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's when you throw on your Casa Ole shirt. <laughs> Old Tulsi would have been, I think she'd have been a decent. She's more like her old Democrat. Her well, that's the thing, you know, that, that that's where we run into trouble at. And it's something that I like to discuss with people to kind of see where they stand at on the, on the matter. But I personally, uh, I think you got to have both sides represented you know to the point let's say I'm making this up as I go I think I haven't done that all my life so let's say you're a, a far left Democrat and I'm far right conservative uh, we both need to be put on a boat taken out in the ocean and have it sunk now then we get our centrist type of Democrat and our centrist type of Republican. And we sit down at the table and we talk about what's important to you, what's important to me. And you get to a topic like guns. That's one that is important to me. And you say, I don't want guns on our streets. And I say, we need more guns on our streets. An armed society is a polite society. Yeah, well, as a Democrat, you wouldn't say that. No. Stick to your role. So, why can't... Why Why is it... And that's what a politics is supposed to do. You're supposed to sit down and come up... Well, if nobody had guns, nobody would get a shot. <laughs> We're supposed to come up with a... I don't... I hesitate to use the word compromise. Because it, it gets personal when you start compromising rights. But... Why can't we meet in the middle somewhere now? At the same time, though, it seems like the gun community has always given up rights and nothing's ever come back our direction. Well, our last president took away more gun rights than the previous Democrat president. And possibly. I'd have to see the numbers on that, but... It's probably about the same. Well, Obama did some stuff there at the end, though. Oh, yeah, the executive action stuff. Yeah, he snuck a few things in on his way out the door, but... 
Son of a bill. <laughs> the, uh, I just don't understand why we can't come together and decide on something that we're all comfortable with. You know, now what? You know, there's so many sides of these stories, and I'm a major any any gun laws an infringement on the Second Amendment. There's that. But I'm also understanding that there are some people in our society that we don't want to have a gun. That shouldn't have a gun. And it's not so much my want. I don't want anybody to not be able to have a gun. But there's some people that we can all admit shouldn't have a gun. Yes. I hate to admit it, but yeah. I mean, and there's some people that are dangerous that would cause harm to other people if they had a gun. And, that, and, and we need to come up with a system where without affecting my right, because I don't have the qualities of somebody who shouldn't have a firearm. So without affecting my rights, we need to figure out how do we tell this other person that, hey, because you're crazy, you don't get to get this, you don't get to have this right. Yeah, but in his mind, he's thinking just like you, saying, well, there's nothing wrong with me. Exactly. Are you implying that I might be crazy and I don't know? Oh, yeah, I've been applying that for for a <laughs> while now. That's why I'm glad you're on medication now. I'm not that crazy. No. Not that kind of crazy. I mean, you're decently crazy. Yeah. I'm the type of crazy that says don't mess with me. You're like crazy's little brother. <laughs> I'm the... No, crazy's older, mature brother. I'm the, I'm the conservative crazy. Uh, you don't get my crazy unless you come looking for it. But I just don't understand why we can't all... Just get along. Get along. Why can't we all sit down and talk it out and say, okay. Kumbaya. I see where we should have some rules saying that there are some people. There should be, there should be some type of vetting process. But how do you how do you apply that vetting process without affecting my gun right? Are you going to say I have to take a class and then I have to go see a psychologist and I have to go do this and I have to go do that before I can buy a gun because that, that's a pretty major infringement? Yeah, and if you do it to one person, you got to do it to the other person, or else it's not fair. Yeah, I mean, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things that already come up with, you know, in the questionnaire that you answer when you buy a firearm through a dealer. That if you answer the wrong answer to, they're, oh, nope, you're not buying a gun. But then who goes in there and says, oh, yeah, I smoke marijuana and use illegal drugs and... I wouldn't have bought them to overthrow the government. <laughs> That's not a question on that form. I thought it was. No. I thought it was on the bottom. Have you ever been a part of a militia group that... No. Maybe that's a police thing. No, that's a police application. Because oh. I was telling you about that up there in the northeastern part of Texas. There was a police department I looked at their application and it asked if there was a if you'd ever been a part of a group that wanted to violently overthrow the government that's where I got the phrase violently overthrow the government that's where I you know I thought that was on all police applications not that I've ever 
Yeah, the ones I filled out had it. Well, I'll tell you two that didn't. <laughs> well then, <laughs> if I want to, I know where I can work. <laughs> yeah, that, uh... Speaking of authoritarianness, have you seen all the executive orders that Biden put in? I've been catching bits and beats. I'll be honest, I'm not following a lot because I'm to follow it. I get drug into looking at the comments, and that's it. Just ruins my day. It goes downhill from there. I, I don't. I don't like to see people arguing so damn much about it. Why can't we? Got to get back to the core Americans, and you know, we we need to learn to talk about it. what's important to me may not be important to you. What's important to you may not be important to me, but that doesn't make it less important. We still need to find a way to be able to say, "Hey, this is important to me. This means something to me. Work with me." And then, if both sides learns to give a little and take a little, things get on. Now, I do believe that the government is a different entity in that situation. Our politics, I don't consider politicians uh, average Americans by any means. They don't have the same problems that you and I have. No. And I tell you right now, none of them politicians were waiting on their stimulus check. No. I mean... I mean, ALC, maybe, because she's probably bad with money. <laughs> with her grasp of economics, I could see that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she doesn't seem like she'd be very good with her cash flow. No. I mean, I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Could be. I don't know. Never met the chick. Yeah, she might be like a world-class financier. <laughs> when you put a bag over her head, she doesn't look that bad. That's just sexist. <laughs> That's not sexist at all. That's just me acknowledging she has a feminine physique. She looks good to you. Well, neck down. Not, I mean, not as good as your wife. Nowhere near as good as my, my wife. Is a hottie. Hottie in a body. A hottie with a body. I think this smoke this smoke's not hurting your eyes. Yeah, it's burning my eyes a little bit. Yeah. You want to open that window? Yeah, I think I need to. I need to this right here I'll be back folks listen to Steven yeah I'll do the play by play and here he goes oh he's high stepping over the gun cases he's twirling around the water no you just push grab those from the bottom and push them up all the way at the bottom they're the streamless or whatever they call them no the blinds just pull the blinds up from the bottom Look at that. Keep going. Alright. Now pull that curtain back. Look at you go. Whew. Yeah. Bet you it looks like our house is on fire right now. Oh, there's firefighters going to come. <laughs> Not in my neighborhood. I'm not going to get invited to be on the podcast. 
I'm Only so I can make fun of him. And I'll lose my job. <laughs> and I'm back. Hello. Where you been? Yeah, you might pull that string like twice on that thing. We're gonna do it Joey Diaz style. Have some, have some noise in the background. It's alright. We can have a little bit of a hum. I heard Joey Diaz's new podcast. Uh, Uncle Joey's place. Yeah, Uncle Joey's joint. Uncle Joey's joint. I I started listening to one and I never finished it. I've I've gotten into some of these history podcasts here as of late. Cause no, I'm talking about Uncle Joey. He, you can hear a he don't give a shit. He'll he like somebody be mowing outside. He'll yell at him. <laughs> Makes it organic. Yeah. Although his wife never uh, interrupts. Yeah. That's a quality not many good wives anymore. You know, not, not, you know, how do I put that without getting shot? Hold on. This is the last podcast with Steven. <laughs> hey, you better take that before it goes out, son. Sure. You know, I hate the fragmentation of our of our people. It's like a fragmentation of our society. Let me see the... Uh... I do think that we have more people that are center. I think there's a silent, parties. silent majority. I, I believe so. And it's not so much that they're a silent majority. It's that they're a majority and they speak out, but they're just not heard. They're not given the same... Unless you're radical left or radical right. Yeah, they're not given the same service. The media doesn't care. That thing's out, I think. Let me see it. I'll refill it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's, uh... The media doesn't care about Cause that doesn't make good news. It doesn't get us all fighting with each other. Whenever you have people that are acting reasonable, they generally don't want to fight with one another over things. Mm. That's not sensational. Exactly. I don't think this window's working. <laughs> it will eventually. Do you have a headache? Cause this smoke's giving me a headache. No, it's burning my eyes though. See, I'm just worried that our society is headed more and more towards that authoritarian style, and, and it's it's going to be welcomed. And both parties have pushed us to it. Yeah. Did you see where the Democrats want to get rid of the filibuster? Yep, I I did see that, or at least something about it. That's going to come back to bite in the ass. Yeah. Same thing with the, uh, the majority vote to get judges elected. The Supreme Court? Well, Supreme Court. Well, it started with the Democrats just won any lower level court. All you need is a simple majority. Hmm. And then uh, the Republicans use their tactics to run through the Supreme Court picks. 
And the same thing is what happened with the filibuster. Yeah. When the Democrats lose power, Republicans are coming in, they're like, hey, no more fucking filibuster. Yeah. You might pull that string and turn that sucker on fast. I thought about bringing the box fan in here and sticking it in the window before we started this, and now it's not make too much noise. Did you hear about the dino bones on the moon? Dino bones on the moon? Yeah. What are dino bones on the moon? Dinosaur. Dinosaur bones on the moon. Mm-hmm. The devil put them up there. The devil? I'm assuming. They have to put them in the ground. To make us question. Well, listen, Justin. I I have the I have the documents. The documents show that dinosaurs were on the moon. And they're they were globalist dinosaurs. <laughs> One day when we get big and have like five followers, I want to get Alex Jones on here. That would be fun. I could talk to that dude for days. <laughs> I could too. For days, I could talk to him. Like, I'm going to email them and see if I can get, like, an internship. <laughs> just, like, a summer intern. I'd quit my job and everything just to, like, go get them coffee. I remember when I was younger, I was probably about 23 or 24 years old the first time I saw Alex Jones. First time he come across my radar. And it was on the uh, Piers Morgan show. And I think I remember that interview. And he started hollering at him. Piers was like, what are you hollering, Alex? <laughs> and he was like, 1776 will commence again if you try to take our guns, you red coat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Alex. Oh, Alex. I love that dude. See, but when I heard him get, when I heard him say that, I was like, "Yeah, hey, I like this guy. I really like this Alex Jones feller." And then I started researching him and watching some of his videos and hearing some of his interviews and whatnot. And I said, uh, "Next." <laughs> no, nah, that just made me like him even more. <laughs> Alex Jones, I. You didn't hear it from me, but I'd kill for that man. <laughs> I like Alex Jones. I like someone who's passionate about what they do. Oh, he's very like the uh, science man. What's his name? Science man. Oh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, no, that man's passionate. Yes. I like listening to him. I did like listening to him because he's very passionate about you know, and that's one thing to me like you don't we don't have to be pa- I, I don't pay much mind with you know physics and astrology and all that stuff but when somebody gets to talking to it like that and he, you can tell he he's into it like he yeah. believes everything he's saying like, well yeah, this he, is his thing man he researched it he, he like he'd be okay if this is all he had to do today you know like this yeah. is and I thought okay that's pretty cool you know and it made me listen, and I learned something. And I mean, I forgot it already, but about black holes and wormholes, and yeah, I mean, you kind of lose me with all that stuff, anyhow. But then again, I've never had a really hot chick 
shown a lot of cleavage sitting down at a bar and trying to explain it to me either. You ever been to uh, a bar on the west side of Dallas? I don't know if I've ever been to any Dallas bars. I mean, you'll probably find that there. Oh, okay. Well, I don't have to worry about that now because I'm a married man. Yes, it's true. I really couldn't be happier in a marriage than what I am now. Well, I have a good life. After I ain't heard talk to you right before you this podcast started, you better say that. <laughs> I love my wife. <laughs> I think for the first time ever, we might be getting smoked out. Yeah, this is... I think it's time for that box fan. That's going to be super loud on here. I mean, we're 45 minutes in. Let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. I'll be right back. It's going to be one of those random podcasts we got. Yeah, well, like all of them. Yeah. Look, listen, folks, we promise it's going to get better. We just got to figure out what we're doing, how we're supposed to do it. I don't even know how to use this audio acidity. Audacity, whatever this program is. I'm just winging it right now. Like, I don't know what comes from, like, we're going to hear a mono or stereo or whatever. See, in my headphones right now, it comes on the stereo, and then when I run it through the computer program, it comes in as mono, where he's on one side, I'm on the other, which I can't figure out how to not to do that. So we're just going to roll with it. <laughs> like the left and the right which we're both center but anyway but I hear him coming back these microphones pick up everything and that's how we solved that <laughs> you missed me I, you missed it all I figured out our world's problem and I solved it podcast over hmm. that's a lot of pinto beans well, you got, a mess, you got a mess getting a little bit? No. He's uh, setting up the fan now and he's bending over, he's plugging it in. And no electric shock, and so we're good. Is that too bad? Yeah, it's not too bad. I mean, you can hear it. The water bottles are squeakier than that. We'll probably be able to turn it off here in a few minutes. Yeah, once we get all that smoke out here. Okay, so for future reference, we don't smoke in the podcast room. Unless we have like a bit. We're gonna have to get something like that. How does Joe Rogan do with all that weed and cigar smoke? I don't know. He probably has like a world-sized vent hood. Maybe. Oh, this was a bad idea. Yes, sir. My eyes are burning. Mm. That cigar's still good, though. Oh, yeah. Cigar's excellent. I am smoking a uh, CAO Flathead, Flathead 770 by, was it Drury Estates? Makes sense. Uh, what's CAO? 
thought Sienna was Drury. No. You know, I don't remember. I had one there. I had a cigar box in here the other day for the 770. I think I packed it up. I think they're their own brand. Can you hear the fan on the audio? Yeah, it doesn't sound too bad. Yeah. Yeah, all I see is it says CAO. They hit on all cylinders. You, they really do. What was that? What am I smoking? A cigar. My paper's uh, up here somewhere. No, One of my favorites. The Lancero? Yeah, the Texas Lancero from Alec Bradley. That's a good cigar. You could glue it on your microphone. <laughs> Maybe. So we had on Betty White's Journey 99, talked about that. Talked about my grandma's vendetta against her. Yeah. We don't hold it against you, Betty, if you're if you're one of the three. I bet she is. Mm. I feel like Betty White would be somebody fun to like take a hit of acid with. I'm scared of acid. Now I don't know if this is true at all, but this is what this is what made me never try acid. This I don't like I said, I don't know if it's the truth. I doubt it's the truth. Never looked into it. it. Sounds crazy to me. But at the time, you know, when you're a teenager, sounds legit, so I never tried it. But they said that if you dropped acid, it would make your brainstem bleed, and that's why you hallucinated. Oh, that just sounds fucking awful. <laughs> I was like, well, I don't guess I need acid. Who told you that? The drug dog? <laughs> Dare. What was that drug dog's name? McGruff. McGruff. No, McGruff was not the drug dog. Was no. But McGruff just took a bite out of crime. Yeah. Maybe it was a dare dog. I don't know. Maybe it was McGruff. Was there a dare dog? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't think, think, I think there was a dare dog. Dare was one of the most unsuccessful drug programs they ever ran. It really was. Yeah. I like the sticker though. Do they still have dare programs? I have no idea. I know whenever I was in grade school though, I was all about that dare bumper sticker. Just thought it looked cool. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Little flames on it. No, the one we had was it was black on the background. And it said red dare, and then the kid off drugs in white. It just it was a cool color contrast. I liked it. See, I was who was my dare officer, Deputy Stevens. Was my dare officer. I met him when after I've grown up and went to the academy. He said, "Oh no." Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've never tried any uh, illicit drugs. You know, I could believe that, though, with you. I really could. I could really believe that you've never tried marijuana, coke, heroin, <laughs> ecstasy, LSD. <laughs> I just get high off life. I could definitely say that. You know what you. drug I would, would try? DMT. I would try it. Or ayahuasca. I would try it. Do you do active ingredient ayahuasca? Uh, 
I did I did do ecstasy once on accident. Uh be my story. No, it was legitimately I wasn't into drugs at all. I was a big time drinker. And I had a headache one night and the girl that was with us, she was like I asked her if she had a Tylenol or something. I don't remember, she Advil or something. I don't remember, but she like, yeah, you know, and I, I got the bottle and took it, and it wasn't, and she was like, oh my God, you just took ecstasy I had in there, and it was actually kind of fun. I remember, I remember some of it, but not a lot of it, but I just remember everything felt really cool, like, I was sitting on a couch that was almost like the corduroy type material. As I remember, I could feel every ridge on that, on every ridge of my fingertip. That just sounds awful. It was awesome. No, that's, I, that's what I remember. I take it back, I have tried. Well, it wasn't it legal at the time? <laughs> K2? Yeah. <laughs> That was back when I was working for the state as a prison guard. <laughs> I had a hookah. And like K2 just came out. I was in all the head shops. And, and a buddy I, I was I was working with. Right? Yeah, I think I was working with. He still works for... Nah, I won't say his name. Yeah, he not his name. But uh, he was like, let's throw it. So I put it in my hookah along with the tobacco that comes with it. I was paranoid. <laughs> Never did again. Never. Man, I have seen that stuff turn relatively reasonable people into nutcases, man. And I've seen the progression of somebody who got into it real heavy. And the dude was... The dude that I knew, he was a uh, was a pothead. Relatively normal guy. He wasn't one of the stoner types. He just liked to smoke weed. Yeah. And uh, real cool, easygoing guy. And then he got into uh, smoking that K2. Man, he just completely different person. All amped up a lot. And see, he was a. Uh, he had his own. Uh, what do they call it? Like a production. Like music production. See, we need him for this. And he, still, still alive. And he, uh, this real cool guy, man, just cool. He was just a cool dude. Had the awesome little dog. He had a little rat terrier. And he had her trained to do all kinds of cool stuff, like just crazy cool stuff. He would, he, he taught her to be a drug dog with his own weed. He would, <laughs> if he would lose it, she'd go find it. And he, uh, but he started doing that K2 and just lost his damn mind. He just be out there randomly yelling at stuff that wasn't there. I can believe it. Keeping my, crazy hours. My buddy had to like calm my ass down because I was paranoid as shit. I was. That was the first and last time. I'm glad I don't have an addictive personality. See, I do. Not me, I. But I never tried. I never. I never tried that and. Uh, what's the other one? Salvia? Yeah. I was hanging out with some guys one night, and I almost tried Salvia, and then one of the guys took it, and he had, he started, like, 
freaking out because he said his skin was falling off on the seat of his car or something like that. It was something crazy, and I was like, well, I can just put that off my list. Well, I think it might give us a hookah. Yeah? Because, yeah. you know, the scar smoke wasn't enough? Yeah, but this hookah, it really doesn't produce that much smoke. It's more like a water vapor, like a... Uh, the wife has a hookah in there. Like a real one? Yeah. She has a hookah and a is it tobacco. The, and is it the port, the, the four different ports where you can, or three, two, or what? Something like that. I don't know. I don't know anything about a hookah. I've never messed with it. Because the one I had, is <laughs> real cool looking. It was like the rainbow one with Bob Marley's picture on it. <laughs> it was about two foot tall. You'd walk into my apartment in Huntsville, you'd think I was a pothead because I got like a hookah <laughs> over here, the little stones with the light it with. Like a Bob Marley sitting on my counter, check with our poster on the wall. I was like being a, a typical young person. I had to uh, had to call the police to my apartment one night when I was 18. And uh, I had this Hank Williams doll, Hank Williams Jr. doll, on my entertainment center. For an 18-year-old, I was decked out, man. I had full living room furniture and all that crap. Like, looked like I was much older than I was. My mother had acquired most of it for me, furniture-wise, and made it look like an adult, a functioning adult lived there. And the uh, But I had this Hank Williams doll up there, and you would push a button, he'd start dancing and singing, you know, and that officer showed up and he walked across the room and pushed a button, he was over there dancing and singing with it, like he was having a good time, and so I said, well, guess we ain't going to take a report tonight, <laughs> and he told me he knew I wasn't, you know, I wasn't the problem, because I had a Hank Williams doll, anybody with a Hank Williams doll is a good, all right guy, I said, I'm glad he thinks that, I hope you show up when I'm in trouble. <laughs> I think we do good with a hookah. Never done one before. I'm down. I'll go find your wife's. If she has one, might as well use that. Yeah, I used to take immaculate care of my hookah. After each time, I'd get down, clean it, wash it out real good. I've never seen you take immaculate care of anything. Yeah, that hookah I did. I mean, <laughs> some parts start to rust. I'd go out and buy my replacement parts. I was in love with that hookah. I've never even seen you take moderately okay care of anything. <laughs> yeah, that hookah was spotless. I, I kept it in pristine order. My my apartment looked like shit, but that hookah... <laughs> I, I saw downtown they were opening a hookah lounge a while back. Yeah, I was over there off of... Uh, what was that? Right across from your mom's work. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if they're still open. I don't know. Probably not with this virus. Yeah. Was, uh, I just imagine people. Yeah, that was before the virus. Mm-hmm. Just imagine people going in and out of there and using the same hookah. I don't know why. I'm sure it's not like that, but. No, they probably have like, like a condom type tip over the front top of it. Yeah, that wouldn't make me feel awkward. <laughs> <laughs> just put the hole in the tip of the condom and put it on. All those years, I was so, I was, I was so crazy about making sure nobody put a hole in that condom. 
it would just feel wrong for me to do it. <laughs> they got the sheepskin, sheepskin ones for those <laughs> that can't have light tanks. Have you ever met somebody that had a light tank allergy? Uh, not like, not in that sense, no. Yeah. I always thought that was a cop out. <laughs> no, I can't wear one because I have a light tank allergy. <laughs> I had an 18 years of child support allergy. <laughs> the condom and then the uh, morning after pills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, they had a pill for men that would stop you from having babies. The earth would like... Just stop. Like, human yeah. race would disappear yeah. one generation later. Because <laughs> every man 18 to 45 would be taking it. Hell, 16 to 45. You know, I've always wondered that. Why do they leave that on the woman? That, that seems more destructive to the female body yeah. than what it would be for the male to just take something that... Because then it stop your period or something? See, I didn't, you're getting way further off mm -hmm. into it than I know anything about. I don't know how to destroy the female body. I'm just saying that I, I, I imagine like for something to go in there and, and kill whatever's going on in there and make it stop I, I can just imagine that would be more harmful to the female body than for the male to take something that makes you kind of because I mean you could sit too close to the TV and kill your sperm count supposedly so I think uh, that's just old wives tale maybe but I've, I've heard too many stories about people having a low sperm count and then getting it back so it seems like the, a male could rebound from it quicker Maybe they should come up with something like that. You can tell males are running these pharmaceutical companies. He wants to do what? <laughs> nah, it makes sense for the women. But you know we'd lie too, just like, oh yeah, I put a condom on. Like, <laughs> yeah, I took my pill. <laughs> I took my pill this morning. Yeah, but that would be a that would be an alternative to that whole abortion talk too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but still you'd have the religious right be like, hey, it messes with your semen and you can't be doing that. Well, that's their problem. If you're going to... But I will tell you, uh, the government would probably fund that. <laughs> All these old geriatrics not wanting to get their mistresses pregnant in, in Congress. <laughs> that's an idea. <laughs> God damn, these boys are onto something. <laughs> First time that ever been said about me. We'll be calling, we can get him called to Congress. <laughs> Could you see that? Uh, the two of us showing up. We've got it figured out, guys. Listen, Mitch, Nancy, I know you don't care. <laughs> yeah. Nancy found out we were libertarians and all of a sudden she'd be against it. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I can't stand that woman. It has, I'd, I'd like to say it has nothing to do with her political views because I completely disagree with everything that's ever come out of her mouth policy-wise. But well, speaking of uh, politics again, <laughs> see Ted Cruz put in like he wants to do term limits. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the third time he tried. Yeah. How long has he been in? <laughs> I just want to quit, guys. <laughs> Lead by example, asshole. I, I, I kind of, 
supposed to be retroactively? <laughs> I lost respect for Theodore. Ted Cruz when it, after, with that old Donald Trump thing. Yeah, I kind of did too. Back in 16, whenever he was so adamant. Anti-Donald Trump, Donald Trump piece shit. And, and then he gets the nod and all of a sudden he supports it. I mean, of, of course it's both sides. I mean, hell, look at the president we have now and his vice president. Yeah. You know I mean? But, which brings me to another thing. I, was it last night, I think? I, I come across something. Oh, it was one of those uh, fear-mongering web, uh, Facebook pages with the conservative gun rights or whatever. I don't remember. It was one of the ones where every time you read it, they're taking your guns. And, uh... To yeah. use Max. It's talking about uh, Kamala Harris taking your guns and whatnot. And it's like, well, you know. Then I realized the article was written back when she was running for president, but they were just kind of refreshing it and playing it off like she did this shit yesterday. You know, and I, uh... See, here's my view. But I, I said, let me look at these Kamala Harris viewpoints. Uh, one of them... She's talking about closing the boyfriend loophole. What's the boyfriend loophole? You're not familiar with the boyfriend loophole? No. See, this is going to strike you as a Polish knee slapper. Uh, boyfriend loophole states that somebody who's been in trouble for whooping up on their old lady, their girlfriend, been convicted of stalking, things like that, uh, cannot buy a firearm. I get kind of see that. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, question number three or four on the on the gun <laughs> paperwork. Yeah. And none of that, but if you've been convicted of family, family, family violence, yeah. you're not getting a gun. Like, not if you're going through a background check. Hey, you can't even get a good job. Yeah. It's, it's easier to find a job with a murderer, being a murderer, than it is being a domestic abuser. It was that, and then there was another one about... Oh man, what was it? Cause I was—I just remember laughing that they would even have this in their campaign. Because uh, I'm like, these are things that are. Oh, a fugitive from justice can't, you know, cannot legally purchase a firearm. They already can't. It's a question on the form. <laughs> it's something that if you go and it's got warrant for your arrest. <laughs> well, they run you to the FBI background and still pull up. <laughs> it's just. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm dumbing it way down to what maybe they intended on, but I don't know. Because uh, I know I had a warrant for my arrest for traffic citations. Does by no means make me dangerous, but is that what they're talking about? Is dangerous to the motoring public. <laughs> no, it did not. Hell, I had that warrant 10 years after I had that ticket. You really want to get back on that conversation? No. no, no. <laughs> but uh, I paid the ticket, folks. I don't want our three listeners to think that I'm some kind of bad boy anarchist. Or well, where's the receipt, man? <laughs> <laughs> One of these ne'er-do-well types. By the way, the other day I was going through my files. You know, cleaning stuff out, and I found that receipt from that ticket. They should try to take it back and look at your money. 
No, no, the last one. Because I was like, oh, I'm keeping this one. Like, <laughs> last time she went through. Yeah. You know what? You should call back to that courthouse on the anniversary of that ticket every year to make sure it's still paid off. I should. <laughs> and give them all a piece of my mind every year. Just get madder about it every time I call them. And that's the problem. I can't even go up there and do that because I just get madder every time. Before you know it, I'm out there with a Trump flag charging the courthouse, you know, and I'm just, we don't need to go down that road. No. I mean, it'd be funny, but no. Yeah. It's over with now. They don't ever think about it. Why do I? I hope they do think about it. I think they laugh at you. In that little town, you think I'm the craziest son of a bitch ever walked in there and got oh, mad? Oh, no. no, no. <laughs> All the farmers around there? Yeah, shit. Those are the craziest people in the country, the farmers. Well, in that area, that's specifically, I don't know if you could call that crazy or... Uh, Normal? Well, not that, but... Uh, uh, self-righteous. Yeah, yeah. How dare you write somebody with my with my last name? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a different. Damn it! I'm a barrel maker. <laughs> I would like to know Alex Jones's views on ticket writing. See, I, I view it as a necessary evil, but one that I disagree with still. Uh, the, the crazy side of my brain says, you know, there's not a victim. So how is it a crime? How is it a problem? Uh, but the ticket is a step in ensuring that there's not going to be a victim. So it's kind of a catch-22. Was a minority report all of a sudden? <laughs> I mean, you know, here in Texas, there's a lot of traffic laws that I can just... You know, and whenever I was in a position to enforce those laws, there's many of them that I just kind of went along. You know what I always hated? When you have an officer... The, the registration was expired by like two years. Oh, yeah. And then go out and write registration citations to people who were registration without like a month and a half. Yep. Or an officer who tints windows on the side and tints them illegal, does illegal shades on there and then turns around and goes and writes tickets to everybody who got illegal shades on their windows. Yes. Yeah. Uh, like the window tent thing, I don't even know why it's a law. I mean, I get it. It's a safety thing. Oh, I can't look out my window and see clearly. But, you know, my window does roll down. Mm-hmm. You know, it, for me, my, you know, for tinting my windows, number one, it's about the sun. I don't want to be hot sitting in my truck. And two, I don't want you to be able to walk past it and look in there and see what I got in my truck. You know, cop or otherwise. I can understand not doing the windshield. We should be allowed to tint our windshield to an extent. I mean, hell, we're allowed to wear sunglasses. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, at night. 
I don't know why someone has to come up with a windshield that is, uh, what do they call that on the, with your eyeglasses? I've got a pair of them. Auto darkening? Yeah, they, it's not auto dark. Transition lenses. Yeah. That's what it is. Why don't they come up with something like that for a windshield where during the day it'll, you know, knock down a little bit of that glare. And that night will transition back into it. Yeah, it'll just come right back. Might be onto something there. So we got our, uh, our man. Birth control. Birth control. We got our auto tinted in car windows. Yeah. So if anybody takes our ideas, any of our three followers, uh, it's kind of like put us in on that. Yeah. Don't forget us. Because we find out. I mean, they're doing it with mirrors in new cars. Yeah, with the rear view mirrors? Yeah. And the side view mirrors do the same. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much extra that costs on like, your windshield. Oh, I'm sure they'd charge you out to ask for it. A couple thousand. I mean, but hell, who wouldn't like that? Yeah. There's a lot of state laws here in Texas that I just never... I wasn't good at enforcing marijuana stuff. I wouldn't have. To me, marijuana's not really a drug. No one ever got killed by a car driving four mile an hour down the road. No. Yeah. I can see where I... Just because I said that, somebody can come up with a news clip and be like, Oh, yeah, look at this. Guy high on the marijuana's killed like fifteen children in a bus. <laughs> ran ran through a whole group of nuns and puppies, killed every one of them. Every one of them. Never broke that four miles an hour. Have you ever have you ever spoken to a nun? Well, no. <laughs> well, I, I think. Well, the. I was I, in a daycare and I was in a nunnery. Well, I was in a, I was in a hospital that was a Catholic hospital and the, they had nuns all over the place in there, like that worked there or whatever. I don't know if that's what they if they worked there or not, but they were, more or less on staff there, and I've I've talked to them like in passing, of, you know. Hey, where's the vending machine? <laughs> Speaking of hospitals, I went out at a hospital in South Texas one time. And then you know how hospitals supposed to have like healthy food and stuff like that? And, uh, I've never heard of that. I work as a security guard in a, in a hospital. They don't have anything healthy in there. Well, anyway, <laughs> back to my point. They had, for breakfast at this hospital, they had manoodle. <laughs> so I don't know if our three listeners are familiar with manoodle. It's very bad for you. Well, it's job security. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's Making sure their industry sticks around for a while. And their main focus at this hospital is heart health. <laughs> it was a... My aunt had a stroke down there. And I went to go visit her. I was there in the morning. I want something to eat. Went down there, some noodle in there, tamales. <laughs> at a hospital I worked at back when I was like... I think I was like 19 worked there for a few months as a security guard and used to eat out of the cafeteria a couple times a week and it was always like a double cheeseburger and you'd buy 
the hot Cheetos and the Dr. Pepper. And as a matter of fact, you could take a big old cup to work with. You go back there anytime you wanted and just refill it with the fountain drink. We had them big 100-ounce cups and got there and suck on a Dr. Pepper for 12 hours. Well, those are against the law in New York. Yeah, well, common sense is against the law in New York. Unless it's one of our three listeners. Yeah, three listeners in New York, then we appreciate New York and all they have to offer. Unless you're in California, then you can move out. <laughs> Matter of fact, I know a good place for Mr. Trump to start his damn wall. So all the way around the country? <laughs> all around New York and all around California. I saw a funny meme the other day right before his, he got out of office. It said, I guess Mexico's not paying for the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Made me chuckle. <laughs> that whole thing's a mess. And you day one Mexico wasn't paying for the wall. Yeah. <laughs> Mexico, like, they never... I never, never got that bill. <laughs> never got that phone call. <laughs> they're, they're playing on the phone like we do when the bill collector calls. <laughs> hey, it's the United States government calling about your uh, wall payment. <laughs> oh, no, no, he's not here right now. <laughs> Mexico no available. This is Panama. <laughs> <laughs> he's not here. <laughs> Mr. Mexico no está aquí. <laughs> that means Mr. Mexico is not longer here. <laughs> Yeah, that, uh, yeah, when he first said that, I was like, that's never going to work. Well, to me, like, just uh, as someone that grew up and spent a lot of time in that area and, and a lot of different, uh, a lot of different areas of the border in Texas, that's a humongous expanse. Oh, yeah. To, to the idea, just to think, I mean, to me, it's amazing when you think about how much work goes into a highway that travels that far, much less a wall that you have to make sure is structurally sound, that for me, that is unpenetrable. There's better ways. I mean, it, it just, just the enormous expanse of what that would have to be makes me just say, no, nope, ain't gonna happen. Not only that, but I've seen some of the terrain where you just... Well, some parts are just a straight up cliff. Yeah, I just don't see it. I don't. I don't either. I, just, I mean, I do believe that we do need some some sort of border security. Oh yeah, definitely. But we need to also make it to where these people that are coming and want to join, want to want to come into America and join our American society and be a a productive member of our society they shouldn't be waiting 10 years to get that opportunity we need to make it easier but not easier I mean we can't just make it like joining Sam's Club but no sign here fill out this I mean it's got there's got to be something yeah you should have to I guess earn it in a way or at least show that you're willing to do your part yeah. I mean, for the most part, people that come over illegally are... I, I've never honestly met somebody that was here illegally that wasn't a pretty good person. Until they get drunk on the weekends. And Even then, they're good people. They're actually fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, good DWIs. Well, I mean, there's that. 
but there's there's ways to avoid some of that, I think. But I mean, I, I've worked with a lot of people that come across that border, both legally and illegally. I, I still do work with some of those people, and they are good people. They have very strong family values. That's what their life is about. And they really, they're not about bothering you. They just want to go work and go home with their family and eat their menudo and drink their beer and get wild as hell on the weekends. I love me some menudo and some feet in it. But everybody knows I'm a big fan of Mexicans, though. Or as I usually call you, Mexicans. I love me some Mexicans. You've been married one. I can't bring her up there, man. My bad, Britain. My bad current wife. Yeah, that. Hopefully the next one's not so sensitive. <laughs> I just don't. You know. I, I think a lot of people on the far right mischaracterize these these people that are coming across it. They're people. I mean, they're, they're people just like you and I. They have things that they enjoy, they have things they love, they have things that make their life worth living it doesn't make them any different than us they just talk a different language and although my grandma did say they need to learn the language when they come over i can kind of see that yeah i mean well, that's my grandma help. she's like she was born here though back in 1938 <laughs> We all need to learn to leave each other the hell alone. Yeah. What does he that, that That's something. I want to see somebody come over here with some proof. Because I know I can, I'll ask this question. And a million people out there are going to have an answer to it. But it's not going to be something that you can lay down the evidence on. Is where has an illegal immigrant affected your life personally? They're taking our jobs. Mm-hmm. I've worked around these motherfuckers my whole life. <laughs> they took my job. I mean, there's a couple assholes in the group. Don't get me wrong. There's been a few assholes here and there that cut your throat in a heartbeat, but I've met people that are here legally, people that have been born here of a different fucking skin color and a different culture that'll slit your throat just as fast. I mean, they're, they come in all shapes and sizes. But I just know driving around South Texas I've never seen Chad and Jamal out there picking uh, picking cucumbers. No, I worked on a ranch down there on the border and uh, the, the man who owned the ranch he leased out 130 acres for watermelon farm. Never seen me a white boy out there tossing watermelon. I wouldn't be out there doing that shit. That was you could look at it was simple work god damn it was some hard work you could i mean think about leaning down cutting that stem reaching up and then throwing this thing up in the back of a steak bed dump truck and doing it all i mean going well like that i mean 130 acres you know is a relatively small farm but that i mean i couldn't do an acre my (coughs) my grandfather and his best friend Eva's husband. They had a a watermelon farm out there. They make all their grandkids pick the watermelons. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
I tell you what, that'd make you want a better life real quick, fast, and in a hurry. It'd make you do things. Yeah, like grandfather used to pick cotton in South Texas. Yeah? yeah he, he, he was one of those migrant farm workers. He'd go down there, down to South Texas, pick cotton for like a season and come back up here. Man. He had a citizenship. Some hard work, man. Yeah, I, I couldn't do it. I mean, I could if I had to, if I'd ever been. <coughs> no, I'd resort to stealing. <laughs> I've never been too proud to push a broom or have to do something. Not whatever, push a broom. Whatever the whatever bitch work that you could consider hard work or whatever. But that ain't never been my ambition, I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. I have a... Hell, immigrants from any part of the world are hard workers. I have a good job. I, man, we're all hard workers in one way or another. Yeah. Uh, now, that hard physical labor like that, we can also say that there is one group of people in this country, especially this part of the country, that's doing that work. Uh, the Irish. And, and my hat's off to them. I mean, they're doing... These men and women, they can work circles around your ordinary American. Shit, my grandma at 80 years old can work circles around me. <laughs> Especially if you give her a bang energy drink. No shit. <coughs> yeah, one time she, she wanted a sweet tea and she saw a bang sweet tea in my, in my refrigerator. <laughs> Didn't know it was an energy drink. She ate half the cash. She was, it was a good energy drink. I walked outside. She was out there picking weeds and... <laughs> in the middle, it was Texas summer, so it was like 105 outside, humid. She was out there working her ass off on a bang energy drink. I remember my uncle telling me back in the 80s he was working in a pipe yard doing pipe inspection. And they would, uh, you would, if I remember it right, he said you, you, you swab the pipe. It's on, it's on these racks and it's just thousands of pieces of pipe for the oil field. And you get this big swab and you got three or four guys on it and they, they, they run with it and stick it in the pipe and they run and they push it through and the guys on the other side catch it and pull it out and put it in the next one back and forth all day, 12 hours a day. Or, I bet that was tiring. He said it was actually uh, until you were done. If they had a shipment or an order going out for however many pieces of pipe, they didn't go home until it was done. But then, not only did they do that, but then they had to come back and dope the threads, spin the caps on, you know, then they had to pick up the pipe and move the pipe, and then they had to x-ray them, hey, this one's good, put it on this pile, this one's bad, put it on I mean, that type of work. He said they'd be so dog-tired, they'd go out to the pickup at lunchtime and sit underneath the truck, eat about half a sandwich, and back to work. But, you know, then his dad, uh, my grandfather, that one of the most influential men I ever met, he he ended up being a, he was a teacher for 49 years, taught math. And while he was getting his degree, he worked at a uh, a refinery down there in Corpus Christi, where they would go in there, and these ships would come in carrying this material called bauxite. And I think they use it in aluminum. I may be wrong about that. Uh, but these ships would come in and down there in the big hoppers in them ships this stuff would clump up on the sides and his job they would go down there 
all day long and beat on the sides of this thing with sledgehammers and knock this bauxite loose. That was their job. Come out and I said that he'd be covered in this red dust all over him. And this is some hard work. And I've complained because I had to drive 11 hours one day. Yeah. Puts things in perspective when you think about things like that. I complain because I forgot my phone at home. <laughs> I complained because my air conditioner went out in my truck one time. Then you look out there in a field somewhere and see some old boy doing some hard labor. Manuel labor. Yeah. Roll your window down. His <laughs> life ain't that bad. Nah. And you know, they don't even consider their life to be a bad life. You meet yeah. most of these guys and talk to them, they don't, they don't complain. As long as their family's doing well and yeah. There are people that really believe in doing. If they're, if they're alive. They're doing good. And I've heard a lot of them say it's better than what they get at home, you know, in their home country. And that just makes you really wonder. I've never been there, so I don't know. I mean, I've been in those side streets and what? I've been in some of those side streets in Mexico, seeing the houses. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of bad. See, I've never been into the into that area like that type of. Because I'll just go down and start exploring. I probably shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll just start walking around, and have my have my own TV show running in my head. <laughs> like there's this one family down there. Didn't speak a lick of English. I can barely speak Spanish. They had like a little menu on their wall. I mean, it was like a off the beaten path, like a couple streets over. Best food I've ever eaten. I don't know what I was eating, but it was the best food I've ever eaten. <laughs> this guy just today was telling me when he was in the Philippines, he had this little dog that showed up. And he said, you never seen dog, dogs or cats in the Philippines when he was there. He said he had this dog show up, and it was just skin and bones. He said, you could see every bone on that dog. And he would just start feeding the dog. And the dog would come around. It was a stray dog, and every day the dog would come around, and he would feed it. So then one day the dog didn't show up. And after a couple of days the dog didn't show up and he said what he was feeding that these kids would always pay attention to what he was doing and they were always watching him. Then he said one day, you know, after the dog hadn't shown up for a few days, one of the kids came over there and gave him a bag of meat. And he didn't have any clue. He said while he was sitting there eating this meat he realized he ain't seen that dog that <laughs> the kids had. Because, you know, there's no meat over there. No. They don't have the... They can't support the, the cattle and livestock goes, yeah. and whatnot. I didn't think of livestock. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. He said it was pretty good, though. I mean, I'm, there's a lot of stuff I wouldn't eat if I knew what it was. Yeah, me too. There's probably a lot of stuff in Mexico I've eaten that I probably wouldn't if I knew what it was. That's how I got Makuzuma's Revenge one time. I know I had some stuff in Mexico that I was curious about. Just trying not to think about anything. What was it the time before last time I went? I came back and I had diarrhea. It was horrible for like two weeks straight. Like it was black. I had barbacoa tacos. Barbacoa tacos here are different than the ones in Mexico. 
In Mexico, they use the whole head of the cow, the cheek meat, the brains, the tongue and everything, just mix it together. Yeah. It was the best barbacoa taco I've ever had. I had like five of them. You probably got the mad cow disease. Probably. They say it's dangerous to eat the brain. That's what I've heard. I've always been yeah, told. That's, that. I've been telling everybody got mad cow disease after that. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I call PMS. <laughs> I guess we're going to get canceled now. <laughs> yeah, it, it. So, one think, of, so our, our, our pig has a, uh, oh hell, what's that called? IDF? No, no. Hey, where, he's got a, Shit, I can't think of that word now. Where his asshole's turned inside out pretty much. He blew his ass out. Well, that's not good. <laughs> no, no, no. I saw porn like that one time. <laughs> yeah, that pig ain't very old either. They ain't gonna be able to... He's he's full of penicillin right now. And did some They did some redneck doctoring on him. Try to show it back in. Yeah. She knows how to do that type of thing, so... She... They they got a little piece of... My understanding... I didn't ask for a lot of details. Unfortunately, it's not high on my... list right now. With everything I've got going on in my life. Uh, sorry, animal lovers. But... Just is what it is when, you get, when you're talking about farm animals. But, uh... Especially when they're being taken care of already. But she said they uh, got a small piece of PVC and pushed it in there, pushed his ass back in and everything with this little PVC to keep the shrinker, keep the hole, and put some rubber bands around there to try to uh, kind of like a castrating type deal, yeah. you know, to fall off after a while. I can't remember what that's called. And uh, but they said today. My wife went out there and looked, said it, it wasn't there anymore. She don't think he's going to make it, but she said that they're going to try something else. But he's all shot up full of penicillin right now. So you can't butcher him with penicillin? Nope. Especially uh, our friend's husband out there, he he's incredibly allergic to penicillin. He can't even, he can't even physically touch it. So, yeah. So you gotta wait to turn the system and then look for it. How long does that take? I think it's like seven days or four days, something like that. Can't get blood. Well, it may be a little bit longer, I'm not sure. But he's too small to butcher. I bet you he ain't 70 pounds. Sounds like a little javelina. Yeah, but he's not that species though. Is it skinny? No, he's he's got some good weight on him. Hell, I got a picture. There you go. You pull up a picture of your wife on my hips. Never do that. <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty good size pig. Yeah. He was probably 30 pounds whenever we picked him up. Tell the mother pigs to use lube next time. That shit won't happen. 
some barbed wire and I hate that horse was tore her tore her rear leg up something bad. We thought we were gonna lose her. That's what that horse gets. <laughs> it got infected. I thought she was a goner. They said that shoot it it smelled bad. We went out there and cleaned it up and fixed it up and whatnot and she's got a whole bunch of proud flesh around it now. But she's walking again. She's a good horse. I don't care if you like her or not. I don't like her at all. She's a sweet horse. A very sweet horse. I'd rather have that horse that threw me off. You can have her. I'll bring her by there next weekend. I'll load her right up in the trailer. That's a mean old bitch. Oh, she's been acting better. There's a more dominant horse out there that's been keeping her in check. He's a male horse. Well, if you're getting canceled on that, how do you, notice, <laughs> how do you assume that horse is gender? Well, he's pretty uh, obvious about it. Well endowed. <laughs> <laughs> well, they didn't get that statement hung like a horse from nowhere. They didn't just make that up. Hell, he's cut, but he don't put up no crap from them other horses. He don't have his balls no more? No. You know, what are those things? Mountain moisture, what are they called? Bull testicles. Bull testicles. Those are actually pretty good. I saw him cook one time, and ever since then I could never bring myself to try them. Why? Because it just looked nasty and nice. See, I've never seen them processed or cooked, but I've had them fried and given to me. See, I, I probably would have been better off with that. Calf fries. Calf fries, yeah. yeah. No, these were, uh, these were cooked on a barbecue pit and they got to a certain point where they just popped open like a blooming onion almost. That's cool. Now, when you're watching it, thinking about eating it, <laughs> it'll make you think about not eating it real quick. See, I've always liked trying different foods. See, I'm a picky eater. See, I'm a, I'm a foodie, if you will. I won't eat anything that I don't... If it doesn't look good, I don't want it. If it don't smell good, I don't want it. There's some stuff that smelled awful that I've tried and it tasted amazing. I got around Threepas one time that was cooked wrong. Mm, yeah. And I smelt it, and I'll never eat it. I wasn't real big on wanting to eat it to begin with, but I got around it, and it, that smelled so bad. Yeah, my grandma won't cook them. Mm -hmm. Oh, my grandma didn't even eat my noodle. She will mm -hmm. She said she doesn't like the way it tastes. Nah, I'm not a big Menudo fan either, as you know. I know. I might make me some noodle one day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is coming up. 
Never, never did a liver either. Liver was made right. I'll eat it. Like you have to soak liver in milk to get that livery taste out of it. See, my grandma don't like that. She likes the livery taste, the metallic taste. Mm -hmm. I think her taste buds are going away. So. Maybe she just likes the taste of blood because <laughs> she's just mean. She's mean in a good way. Yeah, she's a good mean. She'll, she'll help you out. Slightly racist mean. More than slightly. <laughs> I think the most racist people in this world are old Mexican women. I like that woman. I'd kill somebody for her. If she was on, if she had her own podcast, it, the NAACP would like cancel her. <laughs> She'd be canceled before it even got posted. Yeah. She'd probably be getting investigated by the CIA. <laughs> Not the CIA, the, the Secret Service. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the last four years. You definitely don't have to wonder what she's thinking. No, she'll tell you. And her sister's worse at it. Did she ever meet her sister? Loopy? I think she came over yeah, here. Yeah, she came over here yeah. whenever I made brisket one time. And boy, she's a little firecracker she too. Is. They ever tell you the story about her uh, getting a fight at a wedding about a couple of years ago? I think you did. Yeah. We, we can we can revisit it though. Yeah, this old lady, she I think she was in her mid seventies at the time. <laughs> she was at a wedding. It wasn't her fight to begin with, <laughs> but somehow she got into it. Something happened with a grandkid or something, and they started a fight in the uh, restroom at a wedding, and she jumped in with it. <laughs> Apparently, she did all right. That was like my dad getting in a fight with his old neighbor after he'd had shoulder surgery, and he couldn't. His arms were like he had his arms crossed all the time. He couldn't couldn't bring him up very high over his chest and everything. He may have still been wearing his cast. It was very soon after the surgery. That neighbor, bigger than me, big old boy, daddy got out there arguing with him in the street, started chest bumping him and whatnot. <laughs> you go get, you can probably get your ass kicked on a good day. Well, the old people are feisty. Yeah. I hear that's not even that old. No, but that's that temper that we're known for. Yeah. yeah. Is he on any medication? Yeah, he is. He is. That don't work, but he is. Is it the natural medication, or is he <laughs> off that? No, he's been off that for a while, a couple of years. Yeah. He was pretty bad whenever he was pretty bad when he would drink too. He get pretty wild back when he was younger. That's that Native American. Oh yeah, he get that fire water. He get fire watered up pretty good. There's stories about him chasing my mother around a tea head with a with a tow chain, whirling her above his head and screaming like an Indian. <laughs> I don't even know if anybody ever knew what he was mad about. <laughs> you know, I can picture that. Yeah, so can I. Okay, man. Well, you were there. No, I wasn't there for that. No. I do think I might remember the night it happened. I mean, we were at home, had a babysitter and whatnot. But I do think I might remember the night when they got home and it was a big deal. So did Tina just calm him down or how did that work? She broke him like a wild stallion. <laughs> I love that woman. She reminds me of my mother. <laughs> she broke him like a wild stallion. 
Yeah. He was pretty wild for a while with her too. He he'd get rip roaring drunk out there and start raising hell. He was friends with all the he was buddies with all the Mexicans out there, and most of those guys are illegal. Because that's where you get it from. Yeah, probably. Most of those guys, they they truly are illegal immigrant workers, and they were all buddies, and they'd come over and hang out in the barn and drink and have a good time. And Dad would just do some ridiculous shit. He walked out there one night with a pistol, and just started shooting around, and all the Mexicans took off, and they wouldn't come play with him anymore after that for a while. You know, like his Mexicans are friendly. <laughs> he got drunk and. Somehow he fell out of the loft of the barn, and I, I think he broke broke some ribs or something, if I remember right. And I think that's about when the last straw. That's whenever she put the clamp down. So that's it. He, he got a little silly with it. Yeah. And he, I remember him doing wheelies on the wheelies on the riding mower. One night I was. 14 or 15 years old, he got lit. And he could make his lawnmower do a wheelie, and he was out there showing his buddy, and ended up flipping it into the ditch. <laughs> he had to go out there and drag his ass out of the ditch. He got, he got drunk one day, we went for a drive, and uh, you know, he, he went down the road to look at some land that was for sale. Somebody told him about. And, you know, we went to get in the truck, he told me to go with him. I went out to the truck with him, and dogs jumped in the back of the truck. My stepsisters come out and wanted to go with us, so they got in the back of the truck and they brought their little foo-foo dogs. My dad come out to go get in the truck and there's a chicken on the porch. Dad grabbed the chicken and threw the chicken in the truck. I said, you gonna take him a pet too. <laughs> the chicken wanted a pet. And uh, we got down there, the chicken ended up flying out, flying out of the truck. It's probably three or four miles down the road. And the uh off that main road or off that side road? Well you went down that main road about a half mile, went left and you went down this little country road uh a couple of miles. And we uh we get down there, that chicken flies out. We try to run it down, never did. We go back to the house. This is like eleven o'clock in the morning. Well we were working that's when we were building the barn. We were out there working on that barn. Daddy was drinking Bloody Marys all day. He started in on the, in the morning drinking Bloody Marys. And he, uh, about sundown, he was out there on the mower and said, I'm going to go find my damn chicken. And we had a little, uh, like, four by six trailer that we used to pull around on the mower to pick up wood and shit like that. And he had that trailer hooked up. And, she told me to go out there and go with him, keep him out of trouble. Like, like I could do that. And I went out there and yes, and that's a team. <laughs> He's got him a big old glass of Bloody Mary up there on the front of the mower. He's wearing a sombrero, a big sombrero. And he's yelling all kinds of crazy shit going down the road on this mower. We go up the highway at a half mile or so, and then turn down this country road, go down there a couple miles. We get down there and somehow I don't I don't remember how but steering broke on the lawnmower. The mower wouldn't steer. 
dad said, well, shit, we got to walk back to the house and go get the pickup. He said, I know a shortcut. So we head off through the woods. He ain't got, he don't know no damn shortcut. He ain't never been there a day in his life. Straight life. <laughs> well, that's pretty much what we did. Went across the cow pasture. And cows come running down there to see what was going on. He's, you know, I run down and jump the fence because there's a bull out there. And dad's out there yelling at the cows. And I go up the truck and grab a chain and get the keys for the truck. And he comes up there, no, I'm driving. It's okay. So we drove down there, got to the lawnmower. Got it pushed up on the road again and uh, chained it to the truck. Dad said, Just he said, Get on that mower and keep it on the street. And he jumped the truck, said, I can't keep it on the street, you got no steering. He said, Yeah, just keep it on the street. And he takes off going down the road, hauling ass. Get you back there. <laughs> well, first turn comes up, mower goes in the ditch with me on it. Dad stops and you know, why didn't you keep it on the street? Because it don't steer. You know, steering wheel, you can just take the steering and spin that steering wheel. It didn't do nothing. So finally, I convinced him to let me lift the, the, the lawnmower up a little bit, and we chain it like that, and we drive on down to the house. No big deal. Well, I get down there in the yard, <clears throat> and I took it off the chain, and he gets on there, and he said, I'm going to take it to the barn. He said, it don't steer. He was out there in the yard for a good 30 minutes going in circles trying to get it to go far enough in a circle to get closer to the barn each time. <laughs> Drunk as hell, still wearing a sombrero, still hollering, carrying on. Well, she was fit to be tied. Oh my God, she was pissed. She made him sleep on the couch that night. He didn't care. He was drunker and shit. But we go out there the next morning and find out it was one little bolt and a little steering wheel. And the column. Yeah, a little bolt falling out or sheared off or something. And that was all it took to put a new bolt in there. It was good to, good to go. Except for where, when the mower went off in the road and he was dragging it with the front wheel sideways, it pulled a hole through the tire. Uh, well, other than that, it was all right. And then we never did find that damn chicken that night. And I'll be damned that afternoon, right before sundown, that fucking chicken didn't run up in the yard. Dad just standing up there in the yard staring at that chicken. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. I thought for sure that chicken was a goner. Because we're having chicken for lunch tomorrow. <laughs> this chair is hurting my ass. As much as that ass has been through. A padded chair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's about time to wrap this one up, good buddy. Hour and fifty minutes in. Oh hell, we going for a record. I just want to remind everybody: no matter what you think, you might be wrong. You might be wrong. We didn't really go with that topic on this one, but uh, kind of. Well, sometimes. Yeah. Your ideas about a lot of things in life you you might be wrong you, you, uh, you take a little of this you take a little of that and you put it all together and then you have the facts of life Just what are the facts of life huh? what are the facts of life I don't remember how that I don't know you got me buddy I mean, 
I thought I heard an old man say something the other day about somebody told him he had to do something. He said, the only goddamn thing I got to do in life is pay taxes and die. So I love my grandma. <laughs> you know, my grandma didn't want to live this long. Well, ever since she was like 72, I don't want to live to be 80. Now really? she's like 83. She's grumpy all the time. She ain't grumpy all the no, time. She's not grumpy. She's just like... I like her. She's a firecracker. She's always happy. She always makes me laugh. Yeah. Well, everybody just listens to the musical stylings of Mr. Paul Thorne. Used with permission. Yeah. And just remember, we do reserve the right to be wrong about our opinions. Thanks, God's on this side. Just count to ten before you throw.